when a relative of a crew member called the police and told them that all the dinner plates fell on his head. What Man, kind of blackout is that? How fucking <laughs> unlucky would you be for all the dinner plates to have fallen on your head? The ones that people in the dining are using, the ones in the kitchen, the ones just flying from the other side of the ship to smash into you. He's walking back out of the dining room with one more hit. Just, just keep falling on everywhere he goes. He's trying to escape. He dives off the ship, followed by just a flock of planes. Buon giorno, and welcome to our newest edition of the What a Disaster podcast, where we usually talk about uh, uh, disaster movies, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's a show. That's Today, what we do. Yeah, sometimes. Today we're we're trying something a little, just a little bit different, and we're going to talk about a real world disaster. Uh, joining me about four feet in front of me is my very beautiful co-host Richard. I mean, he wrote these notes, so <laughs> thank you, Greg. And so uh, nice. Slightly to his left, my right is the actually beautiful co-host, oh. me. Oh, sorry, Liz, <laughs> Liz Bedore, who did all the research on today's topic. And we also have a wonderful guest from the Every Horror Movie on Netflix podcast, Christopher Slat. Hi. It's not Patrick Dunn this time, so that's kind thankfully of a, that's kind of thankfully. a pleasant surprise, right? But he's beautiful, too. <laughs> sure. You know what? We're all beautiful, except Richard. This is a very pretty podcast. So, hey. <laughs> as usual, I'm your elegantly humble host, Gregory Allen. Hi, Greg. Hi. Yeah, Greg, you're looking elegant today. Yeah, in my gym shorts and my football t-shirt. Yeah. Yep. Good. So if you're listening to this and you want to, like, chat or call or if you just need, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, we're here for you. You can give us a call at uh, 209-781-9113. You didn't wait for me. You just gonna rush ahead like that? Two zero nine seven eight one. Rich one can't one, three. keep up. Aww. So you can also follow us uh, on on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and all that good stuff. But the best, greatest, most wonderful thing you could do is smash that like button on your favorite <gasps> podcast. <laughs> Subscribe. Yeah. Oh Subscribe to us. Give us reviews that are all five stars. Don't give us anything but five stars. You know we love making this show. But we can't do it without money from you fine folks. So if you want to go to our Patreon and make it for us. If you want to start a GoFundMe campaign <laughs> for us to keep doing podcasts for you, we'd love it. Yeah. Uh, today is the, we're, we're doing this because it's, 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 a, it's a special episode. It's the 47th episode of our show. <laughs> so we're doing it's it a little different momentous. just because of that. It's, yeah. uh, Liz is going to sail us through the nautical nightmare that was the sinking of Costa Concordia. Which was a Carnival cruise line? Yes, right? it's a subsidiary of Carnival. Okay. Uh, we're all very excited. We want to know what's going on. So why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about the Coast of Concordia? All right. So this is our first. We'll start with a disclaimer. Um we aren't making light of the situation or the tragedy. It's super sad. It's such a bummer. But we are here to handle darkness with a sense of humor and talk about the human error and all the things that could have gone differently to save some lives if different decisions had been made. We're also probably not going to be super nice to Carnival due to their many nautical evils. And we also don't really know whether it's Costa or Costa. We don't know. We don't care. We don't speak Italian. So we're going to butcher some place and people names because we're just a gaggle of dumb Americans who eat the cheese product. They have the audacity to call mozzarella in shredded form. And we break our spaghetti noodles in half. 
so that they fit okay, in the pot. Okay, you know what? Fuck you. No, we don't. We <laughs> <laughs> fucking do. Raise your hand if you break your spaghetti noodles before you boil uh, them. Depends. No, 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 no. Get the fuck out of my house. You know what? Not all of us have the money to order the little spaghetti pot off a of TV. That you have a spaghetti the, pot? What? There's the, there are large there's, pots, but they're not called spaghetti. They, there's, dollars. The, there's the oval ones that you they only sell on TV that, you, that fit a spaghetti noodle unbroken perfectly horizontally. That's wild. I will never, ever buy one of those. They have to be spaghetti noodles, though, right? Like, they can't be, like, yeah. any other no. form of noodle. Yeah. Not, not all of us are married to a chef. Let me just say that. All right. Yeah. Not all of us, Greg. Some of us. I'm certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I think she said your food sucks. Well, I mean, she's right. Uh, I, I don't know if you glossed over it, but we're, we're not trying to, we're not going to make fun of victims, but we are probably going to make fun of the, uh, the idiot in charge, the captain oh, yeah. of this oh, stupid yeah. ship. Although, if we were there and we saw some of these victims like swimming weird, we'd probably have made fun of them at the in the moment. I'd be swimming too, though. So it'd well, be I would be full of alcohol due to being on a cruise ship. So I can't, I can't say that I would be I've, on my best behavior. I've been on a cruise ship once. I would do it again, even after this. Never been on a cruise. I don't have a desire to go on a cruise because it's one of the worst things you can do for the environment. It truly is. So your your nautical evils are pretty low then. Yeah, but here's what yeah. I know. Here's what I know. I know that if you're going on a cruise ship, what you do is you take a fifth of vodka and pour it into a bottle of Listerine with a drop of green food coloring. Then you take a, like a pint of vodka, one of those tiny bottles, and you put it in your luggage so that when they check your suitcase for alcohol, they find the small bottle and they're like, you can't bring this aboard, sir. But they don't think to check the Listerine because who would, you know, you have it in plain sight. Aren't you allowed to bring alcohol on a cruise? Not always. Some Not allow you to bring up to two bottles of wine. The one I was just on did allow you to bring a little bit on board. Okay. But I don't know. I, I, there's plenty of booze on the ship. So. Yeah, they, they tend to offer unlimited drink packages for ridiculously low prices these days. So that's how we usually go. I feel like they just wouldn't check a Listerine no matter what you did. But I like how you... Ha- how you- you trust people so little. You're like, they're not going to like Put a just let this go unless who, they find well, something. Who smuggles it in plain sight and then also disguises it in their Listerine? Right. I'm always drunk getting on, so I don't even know. <laughs> Why the Coast of Concordia? Why do you want to focus on this thing? Well, right, my done. family goes on a lot of cruises all the time. They live their lives in between. Yeah. Well, why do you say Coast of Concordia was interesting? Uh, well, I, I had actually just gotten off of a carnival ship a couple weeks before the accident happened, so it was pretty alarming to wake up to. I was also a little shocked that something could be so badly handled. Literally 100 years after the Titanic, three months away from its centennial anniversary, I just couldn't believe how mishandled this was. I thought we came a lot further than we did. Well, we did. Out. They we had got, radios. Yeah. yeah. We, we have, have radios now. We had radios, we have helicopters, and we have boats twice the size. So <laughs> Yes, we do. Um so, Patrick, you or Patrick, I'm going to do God. this the whole episode. Don't you dare. Can I just call you, Patrick? No, you Can can't. I call you Steven? No. Okay. Can I call you every horror movie on Netflix? Yes. Can we call you better, Patrick? Can, that we, call you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. can we call you Slap 2020? Maybe. Slap 2020. Uh, Chris, you said that um, they're one of the worst things you can do for the environment. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, what aspects of it are particularly bad? Oh man, uh, you know what? I don't know all the details. I'm just talking shit. Oh, okay. um, I, I think the amount of fuel that it uses is the main concern, right? Um, well, primarily um, with the news recently, it's been Carnival has been dumping trash into the ocean, just human dumping waste. It. Oh so yeah, 
they've been fined multiple times for this and they've cycled through different CEOs trying to find some resolution to this problem, but they're still kind of trashy. Yeah. You, I, I don't know. I'm talking out of my butt, but I believe taking a ship, as long as you're taking it to a destination and not round tripping right back, is better for the environment than flying. As oh, long certainly. as they're not dumping trash yeah, from but the I voyage. Guess waste. With a yeah. cruise, it's just a bunch of, you know, gluttony and then coming right back to where yeah. you started. I've got some facts here. Um, seven days on a cruise uh, produces about the same amount of emissions as a passenger would during 18 days on land. And then, yeah, they, they dump their sewage, they dump yep. their trash, they do all kinds of shit. There's there's water that like comes in and out of the ship for the systems that gets contaminated. It's bad for the islands that they visit, too. Oh, yeah. It's bad for like the environment ecosystem of the water yeah. and the islands they visit. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. It's not great for the... It's not a great industry, and I'm all for tearing it down anywhere possible. A lot of cruise companies also don't pay their people very well, and they use the law of the sea as a way to get around uh, labor laws. Yeah, there are very few, um, very few Americans working on cruise ships that you would take from the United States. Right. Right. So, Liz, there's some recent cruise ship yes. news you have in here. You so, wanna... um, the Carnival Triumph, which is a ship I've spent about a week aboard, Caught fire a few years ago, um, pretty close to, it was longer ago than that, I guess. It was closer to the Concordia. But it caught fire and it drifted for a few days without power or resources. And that ship was taken back and refurbished and rebranded the Carnival Sunrise. And it's still in service today. The, these cruise ship disasters are kind of the closest you can get to a uh, global apocalypse until there is a global apocalypse. That's the moment. <laughs> you know, you have like a, a huge community of people in a, you know, facsimile of a society or a city and then all the power gets cut out. All the waste management gets cut out. It's anarchy. They're stranded. They have no, they're not in touch with anybody. Not only that, but what happens? the lap of luxury too. It's yeah. like, it's all their needs are provided for and suddenly none of their needs are being provided for. That's why you have to, you know, pack your guns when you get on a cruise ship. <laughs> That's, you know, so Chris Slide has given two very important pieces of advice yeah. so far about taking a cruise. One is smuggle booze. Yeah. Number two is smuggle pack, guns. Smuggle smuggle guns. guns. The way you do that is you take a gun, you're a real gun and you put it in your suitcase, but then you take a squirt gun you and fill it with vodka. <laughs> or, 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 and a drop of food coloring. Uh, or you, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> In a drop of food color. Yeah, that's to make it look like yeah. Listerine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is great. This is great information. I'm, I'm feeling really prepared for the next, my next nautical adventure. I mean, without like completely deviating, I'm going to completely deviate. All these like zombie disaster move, like zombie shows where they've just got these communities of people. As soon as one person's sick with anything serious, everybody's fucking dead. Yeah. Never mind the damn zombies, but they never talk about that. It's never just a disease has wiped it out. It's just zombies did it. Or Which other brings people. me to my next point. There is a cruise ship currently in quarantine for the coronavirus. There were <laughs> two carnival ships that decided to gently kiss in December 2019. Cute. And they crashed together in Cozumel, Mexico, injuring one pa passenger and causing pretty significant damage. These ships can be seen at their usual ports today, awkwardly bondoed up and unpainted a month after the incident at the time of our recording. All right. Let's go scrap them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and there was also a cruise ship that like ran into the, like rammed into the port in Venice. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Diamond Princess cruise ship uh, in Yokohama, Japan was quarantined. So though the industry is flawed and there are lots of reasons you should maybe consider whether it's the right vacation for you. 
The cruise ship industry is a great way to see the world if you have limited time and or mobility. And more than 10 million Americans climb aboard each year for their curated adventures. What's not to love about an intricately designed floating palace full of chocolate, alcohol, and hedonism? I didn't know there was hedonism. Nobody said anything about hedonism. (laughs) Sign me up. Yeah. Already signed you up, man. You got all these tips. I wanted to see them in action. (laughs) I'm telling you, if I lived in like Tampa Bay, I would be on a cruise ship every other weekend. $350, three-day cruise, all you can drink and eat. Yep. $350? Yeah, they, Sometimes cheap. cheaper. Yeah. yeah. Where do you go? If you live Florida. if you live in a port city, yeah. the, they want those things as full as possible. So if you go by an hour before it's supposed to uh, embark, you can get crazy cheap cruise yep. tickets. I haven't seen someone get on a cruise ship, ship <laughs> last minute like that since Leonardo DiCaprio and James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Daddy Dollars in uh, the, uh, the 1953 um, Yeah, he didn't Titanic. even have a damn ticket. He yeah. overpaid for his to get on. He didn't win it in a poker game that he cheated. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. He's this upstanding adult, not a con man. So it's going to be a, uh, all hands on deck. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a great joke. No, no, no. It's It's fine. When we get back, we'll be all hands on deck and ready to set sail on the sea of knowledge. <laughs> While Liz educates us all on the sinking of the Costa Concordia. Also, you're fired. He can't fire me. Are you trying to sneak booze on a cruise? Well, we have options. Option number one, white mouthwash bottle. You see this seal right here? Going to find the separation between the cap and the bottle. Make sure you keep this seal intact when you open this bottle. And what I recommend is that you wash this and wash this and wash this. And then what you wanna do is to put some water in this and then just take a sip from it. Shall I? Are you going to? God, soon as I fucking try and start to bring us back, Liz fucks it all up. No, go ahead, Liz, bring us back, fine. Great. No, we're back now, Liz. It's too late. It's all we're, good. Do the next thing in your thing. It's all good. Little yeah. interrupter. <laughs> Greg has three whole lines. You just took one from him. Exactly. This is yeah. 99% Liz. Let's make it 100. It's yeah. on you, Liz. I'm fine with it. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about the ship. It was one of Europe's largest ships at the time. It was built in Genova, Italy. Genoa? Genoa. So the life... <laughs> The life preserver rings say Genova, which might be the Italian ver- like I don't know how it translates. I see Genoa or Genova. Genoa or Genova. Genoa is the English version of the word. Genova is the Ita- genuine Italian. That's what word. I figured it was. Genova. If you look on an Italian okay, map, so Genoa, the city Italy. is called Genova. Say if you it look like it up you mean in an English speaking atlas. It's Genoa. Put a little pizza on it. Yeah, put a little pizza. Genova. Yeah, like everything <laughs> takes longer in Italian. Please. I want you to finish this episode in Italian accent, Richard, because I don't think you actually have one. It's just your upward inflection that you're adding to it. Oh, yeah. That's all I got. All right. Well, we're learning a little foreign language here. It's, uh, we're worldly. From Inglorious Bastards, I learned Bongiorno. Bongiorno. <laughs> all right. Let's tell us about right. this pretty show. Right. Come on, man. She was roughly twice the size of the Titanic with twice the number of people aboard. That's a lot of people. Uh, yeah. She had Smelly. 17 decks. I'm sorry, 17 what? Decks, floors, oh, okay. stories. Gotcha. Nope. Se- okay. Not dicks. Well, you called it her and 17 of them. I was she very concerned for her, you know. Femininity? Not for a friend. <laughs> yeah. No problem with that. You got Just her like, physical well-being. 17 yeah. decks would be, yeah. be rough to have inside you. <laughs> yeah. She has 17 decks inside her. So She sure did. Uh, 
had a world-class spa, four swimming pools, a casino, a theater, a disco, six restaurants, 13 bars, some kind of netting configuration to allow for the playing of sports ball, and a water slide. So now, these 17 decks, they were three (laughs) football fields long. I feel like she's got to just be hurting inside. It's... Yeah. That's... (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't get past this. It's a lot of decks. That's a lot. That is a big, long deck to have inside you. It's well over a dozen. Yeah, it's well over a dozen. So the water slide, did it go right off like the side of the ship? No, actually, the only reason I know about it, nobody talks about the water slide or the sports ball netting configuration. The only reason I know they're there is from the wreck pictures. Yeah, I saw some of those pictures. Um, it, it, all the wreck pictures, you should look them up if you haven't seen them because they're they're mind-bending. They are astounding. What could, uh, what could we point people to search for? if they? Uh, I see that you're on the Atlantic. Is there a, a title of this uh, that people could? I searched uh, Atlantic Costa Concordia Rescue Diver. And one of the top results is this slideshow of all the. That's very cool. He's zipping through. Uh, It's inside the wreck of the Costa Concordia on the Atlantic.com. As far as the looks of the ship, it was likened by one passenger to walking through a pinball machine. I admit I got totally lost and distracted in the interior design while trying to research this thing and spent hours looking up the before pictures instead of actual facts. It had this um, overarching black deco square theme and the atrium was emerald green. There were mar- marquee bulbs, neon, string lights everywhere along every floor in the atrium, in the dining room, and uh, the atrium had light up bright green em- elevators. So uh, you, you've you been on cruise ships, yes. and I've been on, uh, on at least one cruise ship, and you neither of you have been on one? No. One. I've been on one. You've been Which on one too? Her, her dad okay, ticket. so yeah. they're just... they're. Majestic floating hotels. They're, like, right. they're all styled a little bit differently, but right. But they're they are all like very uh, classed up. We'll say yes. like high design. Yes, cutting edge interiors, mm-hmm. sculptural ceilings and walls, and architectural elements. Spared no expense. I kind of want to no. go now. And they're like they're they're, they're marvels. Cool. Of, they're marvels of human engineering. So, um, one comment that I really liked was in a Vanity Fair article in which they called the Concordia a riot of pink, blue, and green lights. And passenger Benji Smith told that Vanity Fair article, it kind of reminded me of Old Vegas. It had hundreds of these spidery, anemone rainbow, color-cycling LED chandeliers on the ceiling that were reminiscent of Chihuly glass. Holy wow! I've seen some posts that call them Murano glass, but in the ruined pictures, it looks more like frosted glass or rubbery plastic without color. I could be wrong, though. Whatever they were, the visual effect was stunning. It looked like you were in a psychedelic underwater circus castle with large graphic art on the wall everywhere. And um, it had this really crazy casino and solarium with sculptural walls and ceilings. It really is a lot more surreal and abstract than any of the ships that I've been on. It's gaudy as fuck, and I'm totally here for it. Liz liked the way this um, boat looked. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. I tried to send you guys galleries because I was just lost in it. It was so, it was cool. Sounds great. So with all these amenities, it sounds pretty safe and established, right? Well, so did the White Star Line. Uh Uh-oh. What's the White Star Line? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You may remember it from James Cameron's Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. (laughs) Is that that uh, entirely fake cruise ship or a ship that was going across the Atlantic. Oh, yeah. Titanic was a hoax. Yeah. I love it. They swapped it with its sister ship and sank it for the insurance money. Oh, that's yeah. that's yeah. what it was. Nobody even died. They just made up a fake uh, passenger. Manifest. Manifest, yep. yep. 
and uh, hired crisis actors. Hired <laughs> crisis actors. To splash around. <laughs> the 1913 crisis actors. I could just see Alex Jones right now. The Titanic was a fake. <laughs> the gay frogs do. So, fun fact. Uh, the legend has it that they didn't actually break the champagne bottle on the uh, on the Concordia. It didn't actually break. So, that's that's a bad sign for nautical people, I guess. I can see it floating yeah. around in one of these recovery to. pictures. Yeah. In the christening ceremony, you're supposed to smash it nice and good. And if it doesn't smash... You're an asshole. And yeah, you you, I think you're supposed to just burn the ship right then and there. Yeah, <laughs> that was my understanding. Yeah, haunted. You guys ever see the movie Ghost Ship? Oh yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about it. <laughs> Great film. Cordia sounds like a beautiful floating tacky casino planet. We're all dying to know how and why this happened, Liz. So let's get that party started. All right. So <laughs> we begin our tale on Friday, January thirteenth, two thousand twelve. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. So that was um, Jason Voorhees was on the ship. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. So this was, of course, almost exactly 100 years after the Titanic, whose centennial would be... April. Uh, not celebrated, but observed in April. Oh, is it 12 or... Th- I thought it was 13, 1913. 1912. Okay. Um, yep. I'm a year off it's, on my it's Titanic. It's also when they re-released Titanic in 3D in theaters. For the <laughs> opportunistic. Uh, not opportunistic. Opportunist. That's when I saw it for the first time, actually. <laughs> oh, but, wow. But, but that's beside the point. But, all right, sorry, sorry, Liz. Carry on. Carry on. All right. Carry so, on of course. Wayward, Liz. Burp, burp. Hey, I'm wayward. <laughs> the, the disaster of the Titanic inspired many of the safety standards we recognize today. And in fact, the mandatory safety drill was planned for the following day after the Concordia sank. But apparently there hadn't been one yet during this particular voyage for some reason. Were they supposed to do it earlier in the thing so, but didn't? I don't yeah, know that, that doesn't really jive with my cruise ship experience. We always have to do it as soon as we get on board. Yeah. We all just want to sit down at the buffet and like put our suitcases away. Unzip but you have your to pants do, and unzip eat. Unzip your pants and eat and drink a bunch of things. But no, for some reason... Um, they did their muster station drills every two weeks. So a lot of the passengers hadn't even gotten any safety training. And I mean, spoiler alert, but there really is no drill for what to do when your muster station is in the sky. So it it doesn't make a huge difference, but it could have helped. Not sure why that happens every two weeks, but they were following within the Italian laws for, for ship drills. I'm excited for you to read this next city name. All right. <laughs> Go for it. Give All right. it to us. So from from what I, the documentaries I've watched, this is how I'm going to say it. The ship leaves the port in Civitavecchia, Italy. I think it's Civitavecchia. That's it all I got be, for you. It could be. Greg I'm be so right. proud of you for, for basically nailing that as far as I can tell. <laughs> Thank you. We have no idea. Richard would have read that like an idiot. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's heading towards Savona along its seven-day Mediterranean route with 4,229 passengers and crew aboard, led by the 51-year-old youngest captain in the Costa Line, Francesco Scatino, as well as his unticketed mistress, a Moldovan dancer who had been solidly seduced by his four-inch-long eyelashes and perpetually puckered lips. This captain was known for being sociable and exuberant, and I'm not sure why, but was also known to loan out dresses through his designer friends to female crew members for formal events. Little did the Moldovan dancer know she was hooking up with a total weenie. Sounds, she sounds pretty cool to me. With his puckered <laughs> lips and I mean, puckered long eyelashes. I want to be friends with this guy. Yeah. Look him up. Look up his picture. He, I'm gonna. I'm Googling can, him right now. Yeah. He doesn't look very good. <laughs> no. <laughs> Slats Wait, not He'll smitten. give you a dress, though, if you want it. <laughs> no, he looks like an Italian Alex Jones to me. 
He, he kind of does. You're right. Gross. Actually, yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how many times he looks, we can... He looks like uh, Italy's he looks, answer to Bradley Cooper. He looks super greasy. Yeah. Italy's answer to Bradley Cooper? No. Like, looking at like that older. guy's face, I don't trust him. We uh, begin our evening with Captain Scatino and his mistress dining in the, the formal dining room around 9 p.m., sharing a decanter of red wine, according to some passengers. By 9.40, he and the girlfriend are back on the bridge and the ship's modern, sophisticated navigational system had been overridden and shifted into manual control to come closer to the rocky little Tuscan island of Giglio for a sail-by-salute, a relatively common show-offy maneuver to impress those aboard and those ashore, albeit one Scatino had only himself done once, upon the request of Concordia's head waiter Antonello Tievoli. Could be... Saying that wrong too. But. That sounds perfect. Sure. Tivoli. 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 And he's from Giglio. So he he was from Giglio where this happened, and Scatino agreed to his request, presumably because his mentor Mario Palombo lived there as so well. So many Italian names in Italy. It's a shock. Amazing. Uh, just stop. I mean, Richard, is- just stop. We're going on a break. I'm taking a break. You take a break. I'm I'm actually um I'm striking. This is a strike. Officially a strike. Unless I get the ability to go to the bathroom and not worry about drowning to death, I'm never coming back. Uh, well, the Duly show got noted. better. Yeah. I didn't mean that, Greg. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I didn't you know mean what? that. I no, didn't no. mean that. No, like. We're on a break. Can we stop? Can we we stop? are on a break. Can we stop? We no. are on a break. No. Richard uh, and I have to talk this out. The show's going to go on a quick break. God. As soon as we're back, most of us will be back uh, and we can finish talking about uh, what, what, what happens next, what transpires on this spooky ship. New video footage has emerged revealing the turmoil on the bridge of the doomed vessel. It shows panic and disarray among senior crew members. A man identified as Captain Francesco Schettino says... In practice, there is a hole, I believe, and so water is coming in. Let's wait a bit more to make leeway toward more shallow waters. When an officer asks repeatedly if he should give the emergency signal, Schettino tells him to wait, and after another prompting, finally calls to abandon ship. Welcome back. We are floating 35,000 feet above the ocean in our beautiful cruise airship, and hopefully nothing bad can happen up here. Nothing. Every cruise ship I hear about on the ocean is always just some terrifying thing. Problematic. Very problematic. Yeah. But up here, I feel like we're perfectly safe, and if something goes wrong, what's the worst that could happen? So Hindenburg. Um, we, uh, we, we are not deviating. This, this is a different episode, but we're not deviating from the beer tradition. We, we tried our beer. We're reviewing our beer. It's topical. It's topical beer. Topical tropical beer. Is watermelon tropical? Does that count as tropical? I think it's only a uh, uh, hot weather fruit. It is not a hot weather fruit. You can grow watermelons right here in Michigan. They grow in the summer. You go right here in Michigan. Come to Greg's Watermelon Emporium. I got watermelons. You got watermelons? I got watermelons. I heard Gregory can crush a watermelon with his bare hands. I can. I can crush a watermelon with my bare hands. I can do it with my regular hands, too. I don't need to put on the bare one. Oh, yeah, because the bare ones are cool, though. They're pretty cool. I like the claws. Yeah. Yeah. So the beer we got is Hell or High Watermelon. Hell or High Watermelon. (laughs) It's a wheat beer. That was a wheat beer? Yeah. Yeah. It tastes like watermelon and camp or whatever you say. Yeah, so the first drink of that beer after I opened it up tasted like um, when you're collecting all the beer bottles and stuff after a party or after you go camping. 
the way that smells is how this tastes. Mm-hmm. That first drink was miserable, but the bitterness that like stayed in my throat from it actually made the next, the, you know, finishing it pretty good. It, it was not a, it was, but that first drink was necessary to get through the last, which I'm is unfortunate. <laughs> Chris Slide is not drinking the beer. No, I didn't like it. I took one sip. It reminded me of when you see a pitcher of beer at a bar, and, and in my lowest moments, I've thought about offering the bartender like a couple bucks just to just to drink it. But it's the one where they like pour all the like all the half drank beers into, and all the foam from the. You've beer never cans. had a moment that low. I've considered, but I've never done it. Mm. That would be. But that's what this beer tastes like. I do not recommend. I say screw it. <laughs> that is same. That's your show. Wholehearted this is, same. This is drink it or don't drink it. <laughs> I say don't drink it. <laughs> don't do it. I like it. It tastes exactly the same as if somebody walked around and took all the old, flat, gross, partially drank beer and saliva and poured it into a yep. giant pitcher and fed it to you for $2. Yeah. With a little bit of watermelon. Watermelon piece in it. <laughs> in it. Um, so for me, I would say drink it. Uh, after that first <laughs> drink, it gets better. Uh, it was just unfortunate. That first drink is just unfortunate. The rest is pretty solid, though. It's very watermelony. Uh, it, other than that, it's not, it's not repugnant aside from that first drink. If you can stomach the first drink, the rest is great. I would I would drink it again. All right, Liz. All right. What did you think of the beer? You didn't. Uh, she said she wouldn't drink it. She wouldn't drink it. I just lumped into Chris's oh, assessment. You just jump on in. All right. I did. I did. So what's this about an alert, emergency alarm? <laughs> okay. So the traditional course of the liner was set to keep it about ten miles off the shore and right down the middle of this channel that went between the Isle of Giglio and the the mainland. So they decided because um, the the head waiter was from Giglio as well as the captain's mentor, they decided to do a sail by salute. He's and a top waiter, Greg. He's the top waiter. It's interesting that like I guess this like you know this area of Italy just has a bunch of cruise captains like yeah. living in it, and it's like yep. they have mentors. And it's <laughs> like oh, that, my old master lives in yeah. this town. It's a it's like uh, wizards yeah. and sorcerers. You when you see your old masters, you're Supposed to show a sign of respect by crashing your fucking ship. Here's the thing. Um, Palumbo wasn't even on the island at the time. He was (laughs) on the mainland on vacation or something. Yep. So, (laughs) unbeknownst to both Palumbo the mentor and Scatino the captain, the head waiter Tivoli places a phone call to to Palumbo to greet him as they steer the Concordia past Giglio. And... Palumbo hadn't heard from Scatino, his mentee, in over seven years, including during his retirement. And both are caught off guard when Tivoli hands the phone to Scatino. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ah. As he's manually steering the boat. A little busy here. <laughs> so Tivoli. awkwardness ebbs to practicality pretty quickly in this phone call as Scatino asks his mentor about the depth of the seabed around Giglio, specifying that he wanted to come within 800 yards of the shore. Palumbo replies that even though the seabeds are pretty good around there, it was the middle of winter, so there wouldn't even be that many witnesses to the spectacle if they chose to come that close. Even Palumbo himself was somewhere on the mainland at the time, as I mentioned, missing his own completely impulsive sail-by salute. He says, I told Scatino to make a quick greeting and honk the horn and remain far from shore. I want to clarify that I said verbatim, say hi and stay away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that should have been plenty, plenty of information. Just do a walk and wave. You know? Yeah, like the, the biggest mistake you can make is doing a stop and chat when it should have been a walk and wave. That's <laughs> 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 true. Give it a toot. If nobody waves, so what? Move on with your life. Not in this case, though. He made other choices. Sounds like. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here talking about him. 
So um, this pretty prolific dancer that appears in a lot of documentaries about the Concordia because she was an entertainer aboard talks about how she, the week before, she was getting concerned about how close the ship came to the island as the same maneuver was pulled for the captain's first time, which nobody knew. She picked up a nearby emergency phone to alert the bridge, but due to the configuration of the bridge and how you could kind of see it from where wherever you were standing on the ship, um, she could see them and could see that they were unconcerned. It's that big glass windshield part. that's It's pretty prominent. You can see everybody up there. Right. So, back to January 13th. After Palumbo tells Scatino to stay high and stay away, the call cuts <laughs> stay out. Stay high. Stay high, stay away, the stay call cuts so out. High. <laughs> stay high. Stay <laughs> high. After Palumbo tells Scatino to say hi and stay away, the call cuts out. This is when disaster strikes. At this point, supposedly, the call ends, and this is assumed when the ship hit the rocks. Evidently, while on the phone with the ship under manual control, he saw the waves crashing onto what he calls uncharted rocks in his court case, and he knew he fucked up right away. Yeah, Yeah. that's pretty great. So also, um, the captain's first officer, who was also on the bridge, whose name was Ciro Ambrosio. So many times. He would testify that the captain had left his glasses in his cabin and had asked multiple times for for Ambrosio to check the radar for him. We should make his damn glasses for him instead. So he put the ship in manual control after a decanter of red wine without his glasses in an island he's so unfamiliar with he has to call a mentor he hasn't spoken to in seven years to ask about the layout of the rocks. Yeah. He wasn't even going to call him. He was just going to chance it. It's a good thing he did. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise it probably would have been worse. Yeah. Good thing he did. Well, this is about when there were some loud bangs and grinding sounds as well as an earthquake-like vibration as the ship hits the rocks. Many survivors say that it was super obvious right away that they had crashed in spite of the lack of information from the bridge. Dishes and chairs are flying in the restaurant as the ship begins to list. A passenger records confused employees shouting at the confused crowd to make their exit from the dining room, which is now a total mess. Where should we go? A passenger asks. It is dangerous to stay here, the waiter says. So it started listing right away, huh? It did. Yeah. Yeah, I'll talk about that in a second. If you're not up up on your boat terms, list is when the boat starts to tip, tip. to one yes. side. Right. Which is not what you want your boat to do. I don't know why they have different words for everything when it involves a boat. Because they're a cult. Yeah. Boat people are a part of a cult. <laughs> yeah. So There's this, probably um, a good reason for it, but I'm not Googling that. Yeah. <laughs> Nautical by Nature is my Naughty by Nature uh, cruise ship cover band. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when are you doing that? Tomorrow. I'm going on the cruise with you. All right, cool. All right. All right, so at this precise moment, there's also a magician performing in the theater. Um, guests say he was about <laughs> to perform a saw-in-half trick of some kind. Yeah, what was he going to saw in half? Like a lady. In, are you sure? Because that's not in the notes. A Moldovan <laughs> dancer? But <laughs> she was on the bridge. On these cruise ships, they actually they just saw him in half, throw him overboard. Yeah, they're just <laughs> legit <laughs> murder people. It's so not th- magic. This is a threat. <laughs> The theater is filled with un- the unusual sound and vibration, and the show screeches to a halt just like dinner did, and the magician disappears very non-magically from the stage and is gone for the rest of the night. Ten minutes later, the lights cut out, recorded by passenger cell phone footage down a utilitarian nautical corridor, which probably hasn't changed much since 1912. It looked like stock footage from some Titanic, you know, recreation documentary. We could was. probably use this to make a found footage horror movie. Yeah, I don't know why we don't just do that. Let's find everything that we can in public. And this is awful. This it would suck. Yeah, yeah. Like because your jackass captain wants to show off, 
He is fucking with the lives of everybody on that ship. That is yeah. just straight fucked. I mean, spoiler, people die because of this bullshit. It's 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 frustrating and infuriating. Infuriating. Yeah. Um, you know, so at this point, an announcement is made over the loudspeakers, and he's just like, everything is fine. Remain calm. Return to your cabins. This is an electrical error. Who makes that Everything is under control. The captain... So the crew is all kind of like, this is weird. I'm not sure about this. But they can't make any moves until the captain gives them the go-ahead. Seems like having people go to their cabins is not what you want them to do in this situation. No, it's not. And you can yeah. see this very visible like fear in, in the crew that you can see in the cell phone footage. They don't know what's going on. They slowly find out like some of the dancers were dating ship engineers. So like... Information <laughs> started to like bleed in, and like eventually the crew knew before any of the passengers knew. I've been in an airplane that had to do an emergency landing. You know, you know your shit is fucked when you look at the crew and you see the crew panicking as well. And that's what happened with my airplane. I look around and I was, and all the like the flight attendants are like running back and forth, looking at each other really nervous. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. Yeah, so they're they're acting that way, and you can see visible terror in their faces as they're they're trying to shuffle passengers out of the dining areas and out of the theater and they don't know what's going on either so on the bridge while the crew is trying to work with the guests um the captain crew and presumably mistress are aware that everything is not fine the port side is hopelessly gashed and water is pouring into the watertight compartments below a bridge recording captures the captain saying have we hit a reef and madonna what have i done both in italian um, there is an actual video recording of that. So um, right about now, the captain places a call to his bosses at the Costa Cruises Operations Center to report flooding in one watertight compartment, the one containing one. the ship's electrical system. They spoke a number of times throughout the next 20 minutes, and eventually the captain admits to a second comp flooded compartment. But by this time, five compartments had flooded. So, meanwhile, one of the more prolific home video recorders aboard follows his family up the stairs to a higher deck, complaining about having to leave his wine in the dining room. He records himself telling his wife and two crying kids he was going back for it. <laughs> and they say, no, you have to stay with me. So he settles for a nearby bar and he goes up to the bar and he's like, hey, can I get my drink? And he's like, no. The bartender says, no. Are you crazy? He's like, fine, I guess I'll go somewhere else. This listen, is a home video. Listen, Greg has kids. They cry over everything. <laughs> yeah, kids just cry sometimes. Like, well, the bartender was still there, though. Yeah, he's still yeah. there. So he's, like, washing he's, dishes. If he's, still he, gonna be, he, if he's gonna be there washing dishes, why isn't he still serving? Do your damn right? job, man. You don't need to wash those dishes. All the, the, all, <laughs> all the drinks may be shank, shaken, not stirred. Right. It, it is, a, like, a lovely video, though, in the way that he's just like, oh, we ran, a, we ran into a sandbar. Everything's okay. And his family is freaking out. And the guy's just like, it's okay. Everything's fine. We'll get a hotel. It's okay. Well, that's the thing. You know, in the modern world, we're pretty adjusted to not having to worry about, you know, yeah. horrible disasters, right. really. We, we overestimate the competency of engineers and the systems that are supposed to keep us yeah. safe. Every one of these tragedies has an element of somebody overestimating the people in charge. Yeah. Or, you know, until there's like a, you know, a, a virus like the coronavirus and everyone loses their minds and they're like, well, we're all going to obviously die from this. Right. Right. I mean, which could happen. I mean, maybe maybe this is me being too confident in our systems. Well, all right. So back on the bridge, Scatino has to steer the blacked out ship back toward land somehow. He allows it to drift out, rotate a little and come back toward shore. It is speculated to have used an emergency generator to do so, an uncharacter uncharacteristically responsible maneuver which likely saved many more lives. 
as the ship came to land in the reefs against the island instead of sinking into deep water. I think that there was a port that he was trying to get to, but it wasn't big enough to accommodate the massive liner, which was taking on tons of water at this time. So basically, he's he got, a hero. Yeah, to some, some degrees, he, <laughs> he fixed a problem he caused, but like he did get the ship to like to float back towards land, which well, helped a lot of people who swam to shore. There's also a large subset of people who believe he didn't do anything, and that was just the way the wind was blowing. Yeah. That's the way I prefer to think, think of Sully it. Only Captain Sully were on this ship. Only Captain Sully. He Everyone would have survived. Yeah. So at this point, the passengers begin calling the Coast Guard themselves to report the situation by the hundreds. The captain never called the Coast Guard. They head out of their cabins with their life vests unprompted for the lifeboat deck. They were certain something was off, and many began to film the subsequent events with their phones. World star. (laughs) (laughs) Some members of the crew at this time were even advising passengers to remove their life vests and still go back to their cabins. So at the lifeboats, when they're standing there, they're met by another Italian crew member speaking on behalf of the captain. This is the translation of what she told them. We have an announcement from our captain. We kindly ask that you return to your cabins, or if you prefer, you can stay in the lounges. Once we've finished addressing the problem that we have, the electrical problem with the generator, everything will be fine. This is why we have the emergency lights. Everything is under control. If you want to stay here, that's fine, but we kindly ask you to return to your cabins. Yeah. What's the here. motive for not just telling them all to get the hell off the boat? Image. Yeah. Like what the entirely f- the captain's image. Fuck. He didn't want to lose you- his job. Yeah. He's super excited. He's like, I'm a cruise ship captain. Finally. Oh, so his mentor Palumbo. Was this his, was this his first trip? No. No. Oh, it I know wasn't. you said he was the youngest, but at no. fifty. Fifty one. It was not his first trip. It was his second sail by, but it wasn't his first. Trip. Right. So some of the dancers who are in a lot of the documentaries are kind of calmed. They're they're reassured by these announcements that are being made. So they get their laptops and they congregate in the hallway in the darkness and they watch movies on their laptops. Kirsty Cheslin Nuttall, who I mentioned <laughs> earlier, <laughs> she uh she's the one that appears in all the documentaries. She said that until we get an order from the captain, we are not meant to do anything. And then she says that when the familiar port side list of the ship doesn't go, doesn't sway back to normal like it always did. They they knew something was fucked up. They knew they had to go. That's why you always watch the crew. They know what's up. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're the ones that do this every single day, so if they're confused by something the ship yeah. is doing, something bad is happening. Yeah. The, co- the Coast Guard finally contacts the Concordia for the first time, and they're like, dude, what's up with your ship? Why am I getting so many calls from your passengers? I'm glad that the, the passengers are the ones that had to make these right? calls. Right? And le- you know what? And thank God for cell phones at this point, right? Exactly. Because if nobody had a cell phone, it would have been a whole different ball game. Would so, have been a much worse situation. They would have had to go down to the telegraph room yeah, and the like, guy'd be clicking. Hammer it out. Tapping it out. Hammer like, it out. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Can you send a telegraph on my behalf? <laughs> to the Coast Guard, of course. A 26 year old navigation officer answers the call from the Coast Guard and tells the Coast Guard that the situation is under control. It's just a blackout. Oh, my God. The Coast Guard guy. responds, <laughs> right? but a relative of a crew member called the police and told them that all the dinner plates fell on his head. What Man, kind of blackout is that? How fucking <laughs> unlucky would you be for 
all the dinner plates oh. to have fallen on your head. The ones that people in the that are dining are using, <laughs> the ones in the kitchen, ones just flying from the other side of the ship to smash into you. He's walking back out of the dining room and one more hits him. Just, just keep falling on him. Everywhere he goes, he's trying to escape. He dives off the ship, followed by just a flock of plates. I'm disgusted that there's no checks on this captain. I'm disgusted that even this 26-year-old navigation officer is just like, you know, doesn't know better or is just well, covering he, for the, the captain. the captain's standing next to him telling yeah. him what to say. Oh, it's yeah. fine. And so say it's good. Say it's so good. The, the, we no, 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 no. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. The Coast Guard is like, "Do you need assistance?" And the the twenty six year old is like, "He says no," referring oh, wow. to the captain. It's like when Leo's crying and Harvey's like, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're fine. You're fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine." <laughs> we need it's a fine. mutiny. We need the dancers to take control. Seriously. Of the oh, and they're the gonna just you wait. <laughs> oh yes. All right, so it's a blackout? It, apparently. That's Ugh. it. Just it's a blackout. It's, a blackout. it's, a blackout. it's <laughs> under control. No big deal. Do you need help? No. Nope. No. <laughs> what do we need help for? We got it. 1042. 10.42 p.m. The captain finally, Ding. an hour later, issues a general emergency, <laughs> alerting passengers and crew to assemble at their assigned muster stations, which are the lifeboat. Yeah. The dancers are in charge of taking roll calls, so they have to rush to their rooms and grab pens and then run 20 minutes across the ship to get back to their muster stations wow. to make the list. So, like I mentioned earlier, one of one of them is dating a ship engineer who finds her and tells her it's really bad. The ship is flooding with water and there's nothing that can be done. So, now, word is starting to spread through the crew. And I think... The passengers kind of knew, but no, there was not. There, nobody told them anything. So at 10:50, the ship strikes the rocks the second time after drifting and turning and coming back, and failing to reach port, which was too small for it. It comes to rest delicately balanced on a pair of underwater rock shelves. This impact was much gentler and didn't seem to be felt by most of the people aboard. But the ship immediately begins to list the opposite way to starboard violently. So, this is when, about 10.55, the captain claims that he went up to the ninth deck to survey the position of the ship and then calls the order to abandon ship at 10.58. By this time, 2,000 people were already assembled at their muster stations by the lifeboats due to the general emergency alarm. But now, it is time to go. How many people were on this boat to begin with? 4,228. Nine? Oh, yeah. Man. 4,229. Yep. And at 9.40, or near 9.40, the ship hits rocks. Yep. And then an hour and a half later, he finally says to abandon ship. Yes. Oh, yeah. After it keeps going, it, it black the power goes out because water has overtaken the generator and the engine, but it keeps making forward momentum. And then either he used the ship's bow thrusters under some sort of emergency generator system to sort of push it back towards shore, or he did nothing and the weather pushed it back that way and it was what it was. But thankfully it didn't start further off of shore than it did. Yeah. This guy makes the crew of the Titanic look like emergency management experts. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. The Titanic didn't have helicopters and like they couldn't get a hold of anybody. You yeah, know? and it's like the, the the problem with the Titanic is they weren't quite sure how serious it was until it was too late. Th this guy is just completely intentionally time. downplayed how yeah. serious it was. Yeah, he was his reputation. He was hoping like they could somehow he had cheese a it dancer out. and on his arm in the in the wheelhouse who he was oh, yeah. trying to impress. I'm a, he like he had to have been it's hoping. 
that it's only a they could make it to that close port so that people could just get off the ship and that's exactly call it, in. it. Yes, that's but exactly what he give them restaurant about. voucher. They come back. There's no yeah. ship in the park because it sank. And he's yeah. like, I don't know what happened. I don't know. <laughs> we were the magician. The magician made it disappear. Yeah. That's it, right? Yeah, the magician did it. He's gone. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's pathetic. It's a fucking mess. Oh, it is a mess. It's a shameful mess. So that's it for the first part of. Yeah, uh, we're gonna abandon ship here too. We'll yeah. uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll take a deeper dive into the deep dive uh, um, when, on the next episode. We're gonna have so more nautical puns. We'll have more nautical puns. <laughs> Greg's working on that. That's uh, his job. That's gonna be my job. So they'll it will be you'll be just wet with nautical puns. <laughs> just soaked. <laughs> soaked. I hope you have Gross. your flotation device. We'll be splashing in yeah. nautical puns. It'll be moist, all over. The place, yeah, man, that sucks. Your place, this captain sucks. This ha- yeah. He's we the worst. suck less. We're gonna go. If we were captains, uh, we would be good. Feel gonna... better about your life and the things you're doing right. because you're not doing. At least this. you haven't killed anybody. If I was the captain, I wouldn't show off by steering my ship close to um, the port. I would show off by getting out of the highest part of my ship with a guitar and a flamethrower. And do it a six solo. Yeah, I just learned how to do a backflip or something. Yeah. You guys, I cannot <laughs> wait to tell you about. Okay, so there's a shipwreck in the '90s where. The ship's band guitarist and the magician coordinated all of the rescues because the sh- the captain abandoned ship, just like this one. Wow! And they yeah, saved everyone. Wait. They That's... saved everyone. We're just doing nothing but shipwrecks. The guitarist and the magician <laughs> saved everyone. I mean, maybe they should put some captains through them some some sort of like stress testing <laughs> magic before training. they give them a ship. Yeah, magic training and band <laughs> stuff like dancers. Yeah, maybe, I thought that at being fifty, you'd actually have some idea of what you were doing. I guess not. No, I mean, I don't think any of us will have any idea what we're doing until we're dead. So, and we'll be like, oh, yep, I'm dying. That'll be the only thing we know that's happening in our life. So join us next week to find out, like, who dies, who lives, who falls in love. (laughs) We're here to talk about all those things. Not the captain anymore. (laughs) Nobody will love that man again. He'll never be loved. The entire country of Italy Uh, Let's thank. Let's thank... Christopher Slat for showing up. Yeah, thank you, Christopher Slat. Of course, it was great. you gonna come back for the next one. Hopefully. All right. Yeah. Well, hopefully, that's that's a commitment. We that's a contract. into shit. Uh, until next time, this is Gregory. This is Richard. Lizbert. And Chris Slat, even though he's not talking into his microphone, we'll see you next time. See you next time. No, we won't. We're, you'll yeah. hear us next yeah, time. Yeah, we, we have nothing to do with you. You don't want to see us. Yeah, there's no reason. I'm to the see only us. beautiful one here. There's only reason to see us. Okay, bye. So um so what kind of boat are we talking about here Liz let's let's hear uh, let's hear what kind of thing what's what, this what's the class of ship what kind of floaty boy are we dealing with <laughs> Okay you can take the pen and mark it if you want I mean boats numbers. are really just big cereal bowls right <laughs> so right, the- Calls back in Greg from the break <laughs> I thought that was it no. <laughs> I thought we were back but apparently <laughs> apparently that wasn't good enough for everybody else so no, here we go